feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. So tonight, is it all about politics, or do they really care about school security? I want to get your take on all the fireworks, the verbal fireworks that we saw today. First off on Capitol Hill with Democrats who basically said, are you for the kids or are you for the killer? I I, I mean, are you kidding me? In light of the Texas school shooting, you have the audacity to make a comment to that. I mean, to me, that just shows how political, how presumptuous. And how outrageous they are and how desperate they are to win in November that they would accuse a fellow member of Congress of siding with the Texas school shooter. Are you kidding me? I mean, that is outrageous just because people with good intentions have different philosophies on how to fix school security. They want more armed guards. They want to also talk about red flags. They want to talk about mental illness. They want to talk about a lot of things. But the Democrats are one-trick ponies. It's like guns, 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 guns. And it seems to be on a bit of a slippery slope. So tonight, I want to get your take as to do you think the Democrats are genuine brokers in all of this, or are they just using this for political gain to try to do anything they can to win in the November midterms. And if you listen to them, I was watching the president just a little bit ago, like all of you, he addressed the country. It was sort of the same old song. And earlier in the week, he basically said he wanted to ban handguns. And then the White House, of course, had to quickly correct that. But then just a little bit ago, we also heard Mondaire Jones, of course, a Democrat from New York, In an area with a lot of crime, by the way, and he doesn't seem to go after repeat offenders in his district. He doesn't seem to want to talk about crime in his district. But, boy, he can't wait to ban guns. And then when a Fox reporter confronted him in the hallway, they said, can you kind of clarify some of your statements? You know, because we're a little confused. You said you basically want to ban anything that carries a high magazine. You understand that. That includes a lot of handguns and things. And he said, yeah, I basically understand that. So then are you trying to ban handguns? Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't say that. So it's like, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to ban the Second Amendment? Are you trying to change the Constitution? Both we heard it basically from Mondaire Jones of New York, and we heard it from the president earlier this week. Again, the White House had to quickly correct it. But tonight, I didn't hear a single thing from the president about hardening schools. I didn't hear a single thing from him about saying, well, maybe we should look at armed guards for schools. Maybe we should look at extra enhanced security, uh, certain doors locking, certain things like that. Everything was basically guns, guns, guns. And so he can say he did something on gun control. This is a guy who has been in Senate for decades And guess where he is right now? He's on the beach in Delaware. 
He left right after he addressed the country. He's not engaged in the debate, he even said. So it really does look like it's a bunch of hobbledygook and a bunch of grandstanding. I mean, and to me, that is pathetic because if we really do want to fix school security, and I think we all agree after what happened in Texas, it was horrible. We need to come up with some reasonable solution. But to sit there and grandstand and throw out these statements about banning assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, which basically tens of millions of Americans have guns that have high-capacity magazines. So what are they going to do? Start sending Beto O'Rourke to your home to confiscate your gun? And then yet there was not a single discussion about school security. I I was sitting there going, okay, not a single discussion about inner-city gun crime. If you really care about gun crime... You would start talking about gun crime in inner city with gangs, with drugs. I mean, that's where the proponents of guns are in this country. In addition to school shootings, you better talk about the Texas school shooting. It's rocked our world. It's horrible. It's devastating. But to not talk about the other, to me, just says this is all about politics. And that makes me so sad because I want to genuinely see some change. I think there are some things that need to be changed. I think especially mental health. My goodness. And I think having some teachers, having some retired military, having some retired police at schools, that seems to be nada with this president. And in fact, earlier in the week, his press secretary said he will not harden schools. So how are you really going to fix school security if you won't even think about hardening schools? Shame on you, Mr. President, because if you look at... At even some of the commissions that came after some of these terrible school shootings, and I'm talking about after Sandy Hook and other school shootings, a number of these commissions came out and said, we need to harden schools. We need to hire armed guards. They could be even, you know, with concealed weapons. They don't have to be walking around, but they should be armed, trained guards like former police officers, former military who would love to be able to protect schools. They believe in that. They've all come up with that, and that was bipartisan commission. But tonight, not a single word about that from this president. This was all about blaming Republicans and trashing the other side. And he even went so far as to saying, well, maybe in November, you know, Democrats and Republicans and other people won't forget who voted against gun control. Like, it's either you're with me or you're basically an enemy of the republic and you side with the killer. It was so partisan. It was so nasty. And I thought so inappropriate. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight. The number is 1 800 848 9222. 1 800 848 9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. First off, here is Mondaire Jones. This is the congressman from New York who is in one of the areas in America which has one of the highest crimes in the country. And yet he's not talking about inner city crime. I've never seen him do anything that went after repeat offenders. I've never seen him do anything that would really stop drugs and gangs or any of those things. No, no, no. Those topics are off limits. But boy, he couldn't wait to grandstand today. Take a listen to him on Capitol Hill. You will not stop us from advancing the Protecting Our Kids Act today. You will not stop us from passing it in the House next week, and you will not stop us there. If the filibuster obstructs us, we will abolish it. If the Supreme Court objects, 
we will expand it, and we will not rest until we have taken weapons of war out of circulation in our communities. And then he was asked, what are weapons of war? And basically, he couldn't exclude handguns. So you're saying that you're going to take away hundreds of millions of guns from law-abiding citizens because you don't agree with it. And how are people going to protect themselves, especially with your open border and all these other things that are going on, courtesy of Democrats and this president? I mean, to me, this is so outrageous. It is so unrealistic and it is so offensive to people who are legal gun owners and to people who are doing it correctly. And again, not a single mention about school security. He also didn't talk about repeat offenders. He didn't talk about supporting police. I had a big list of, like, what he didn't talk about compared to what he did talk about. Didn't say a single thing about backing law enforcement, maybe having more in law enforcement at the scene. Clearly in Texas, they were not prepared. We're going to get to that later on in the hour because some stunning details there, too, as well. But they didn't have enough shields. They didn't have it look like enough trained authorities. But no, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say anything about supporting law enforcement, adding more police. God forbid he do that. It's all about, I'm going to take away your guns. And he even said the Second Amendment is an absolute. So what, is free speech not absolute next? What's next? A a right to religion? I mean, this guy's going for it all. And boy, I think the worst of the worst of it all was Eric Swalwell. Now, let's go back to Eric Swalwell, because this is the guy who had the money. Remember, much of his campaign was financed by a proven Chinese spy. And then he gets put on the impeachment committee against President Trump, the whole impeachment hoax, the whole Russia hoax that turned out to be bogus. But that guy never got booted from the committee, even though he was like basically, according to allegations, very close to comfort with a Chinese female spy Um, and definitely questionable campaign funds, all of those things, he's still there, which is mind-blowing to begin with. And yet, here's what Eric Swalwell had the audacity to say today on Capitol Hill. Take a listen. Colleagues today who flew in town, came to work, got ready to argue, my question is, why did you come here at all? Why did you come here at all? If you're not here for the children, why don't you go to the funeral of the killer? Because that's the only place where the killer is being celebrated. We're here to get things done and protect our kids. What's your job? How dare you? How dare he say that? Why don't you go to the funeral of the killer? This is what you are saying to your fellow members of Congress, a guy who is, it sounds like, Very close to comfort with a Chinese spy, a proven Chinese spy who shouldn't be opening his mouth whatsoever, uh, given some of his background. And yet here he is basically telling Republicans that you're in bed with the killer, not the kids. That is one of the most disgusting, repulsive political comments I have ever heard until I heard this from him. 19 children are dead. And so to my Republican colleagues, I ask, who are you here for? Are you here for our kids or are you here for the killers? Because if you were here for the kids, you would do all you could to protect the next 
school shooting that's about to happen. And we know what's going to happen in America. How outrageous. Are you here for the killer or are you here for the kids? Can you believe a current member of Congress said that to his fellow Republicans? He's a Democrat, but to his fellow colleagues on Capitol Hill today in a Capitol Hill hearing. That is one of the most disgusting, outrageous comments. But it just goes to show that they are going to do anything they can to try to ram through what they perceive as a political win, and that is gun control. They're not talking about protecting schools. And, in fact, again, when Biden was asked, his press secretary said, oh, he's not for hardening schools. Like, that was like a crazy question. I mean, that is insanity. And here is the president just a little bit ago because he blasted Republicans, too, if they don't work with him and go with him on this issue. It's time for the Senate to do something. But as we know, in order to do any, get anything done in the Senate, we need a minimum of 10 Republican senators. I support the bipartisan efforts that include small group of Democrats and Republican senators trying to find a way. But my God. The fact that the majority of the Senate Republicans don't want any of these proposals even to be debated or come up for a vote, I find unconscionable. Unbelievable. And this is the guy who said he was going to unify the country and find a common solution. Boy, they really sound like conciliators. 1-800-848-9222. Two, two. Let's go to your thoughts on this. Uh, let's go to Alex on line two. Alex, your thoughts. Go ahead. Hey, good evening. Thanks for taking the call. You know, the thing is that if this Biden administration and the Democrats want to stop the shootings that are going on in this country, the first thing that they should do is go after the black market and illegal gun owners. You don't go after the law-abiding citizens first because then – you can't the law abiding citizens aren't going to get their guns, but the criminals, they're going to get it on the black market. And, you know, in England, uh, I heard Pierce Morgan, you know, debate with Alex Jones a couple of years ago. And he said that in England, you only have 45 shootings a year, but you have hundreds of stabbings there every single year. It's, it's, the numbers there are insane. And the reason why you only have 45 shootings in England is not because they took away the right from from law abiding citizens to have guns, but because they enforced their laws and they crack down on the black market over there and the illegal gun owners and the sellings of that. If we would do that in our country, we wouldn't have to take away the right of law-abiding citizens to have guns. And in England, the people there should also be allowed to have weapons, law-abiding citizens to defend themselves from these stabbings that are going on over there. And that should be the first step. Don't go after the law-abiding citizens before you go after the criminals, because then you're helping out the killers, the criminals. You know what? The Democrats are on the side of the killers. Well, and you know what's interesting? I would never say that, just like they're saying that about the Republicans, because the killer is, like, to me, one of the most despicable human beings that ever existed. Um, And I would never want to equate anybody to that. Um, But... I agree with you that going after law-abiding citizens, which is what this does, you hit it on the head. Because somebody who's getting the gun illegally is going to get it illegally anyway. I mean, they're going through, just like you said, they're going through the black market. If they really enforce the laws and really crack down on illegal gun trade. um, And also, by the way, if they also 
really focused, if they want to focus on some of these red flag laws, make sure the red flag laws are working, for gosh sake. I mean, I think about, Alex, in the Buffalo case with the guy who was shooting at the supermarket. In that particular case, remember, he had been questioned by the New York State uh, officials like the year before, and they gave him a, you know, a, a green light. And nothing gets stamped and is, you know, basically file. And then a year later, he's able to buy a gun. There's a red flag law in New York State, but it was not enforced. Great points, Alex. We're continuing with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about Biden's address to the nation about how to fix and stop school shootings. It's an important conversation, but all he kept talking about was banning guns. And he also said that the Second Amendment is not absolute. We heard nothing about school security. We heard nothing about a whole bunch of other layers that are absolutely important. But listen to Mondaire Jones. This is New York Democrat in one of the highest crime-ridden areas in the country. And all he could do was make outrageous comments during the day, during a Capitol hearing, to Republicans. Listen to this outrageous statement. My generation and the generations who have followed know that this epidemic of gun violence is not unstoppable. It is a choice, a choice you could make differently at any time, a choice between our lives and your guns. Time after time, we have given you a chance to do something. After Columbine, after Sandy Hook, after Parkland, and time after time, you have chosen to put your right to kill over our right to live. Are you kidding me? That is one of the most disgusting, outrageous statements I've ever heard. You, Republicans, because he's a ultra lefty, um, have put your right to kill over our right to live. If that isn't one of the most disgusting political statements I have ever heard from a group that's saying, oh, we want to work with Republicans and find a common sense solution. Where is their common sense in that? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Deanna on line eight. Deanna, your thoughts about some of these comments from Mondaire Jones and uh, Eric sleeping with a uh, Chinese spy Swalwell. Dina, can you hear me? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah Deanna, this is Rita. Go ahead. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I love your show. And I just wanted to say, as a parent, I am absolutely disgusted by these comments. It's really clear to me that the Democrats do not want to fix this problem at all. Um, they're not going after mental disorders. There's no sane person that goes into a start shooting. Um, we have to start addressing that. And obviously, they're not interested in addressing that. They're also not interested in putting armed guards in schools, which ultimately would stop uh, or hope or hopefully would at least have someone that is thinking about going into a school think twice about going into a school and doing this atrocious crime. I think as parents, we have to go in and start sitting on school boards, start standing up for our children, because I don't think the Democrats are have even, you know, any intention to do anything like that and start fighting for our kids. We have to do it as parents. Well, and listen, I agree with you. I think parents do need to get more vocal. And I think it's outrageous, you know, that they're not even talking, that it's like, 
I, I actually thought I misheard when earlier in the week, you know, the president was asked, basically, are you for hardening schools? Like, to me, that's an easy no-brainer. It's, yeah, we should be looking at everything. Um, and even, like, other, sadly, other after other school shootings, a number of these commissions have come out and said, yeah, they're for hardening schools, too. And this is where bipartisan commissions. These are people who live through it. So I would actually trust their judgment more than anybody. And they both came back where they've done these kind of high intensity commissions and said, yeah, we got to harden schools as well. We got to look at everything. Why is anything off the table right now, Dina? And to me, that just says that it is about politics. Real quick, Dina. Absolutely. I agree. And to be honest with you, I am. It just makes me feel so great when I go in and drop my son off that they're retired police officers there with a gun standing there. It just gives me the peace of mind that at least there's someone there that's trying to protect our children. And I think every school should be doing something like that. Absolutely. Very, very well said. I'm going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a powerful story coming from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Witnesses and police officers there jumped into action to help a motorcyclist that was trapped under a vehicle along the famous Ocean Boulevard in Myrtle Beach. Now, a car hit the back of a motorcycle last weekend at an intersection, and it went over the motorcycle. The passenger on the back of the motorcycle is thrown off the front, while the driver of the bike is trapped underneath the car. Now, people who witnessed the crash, along with police officers, rushed to the vehicle and began to push the car in order to help free the trapped biker. Someone from the police department, Lieutenant Michael Quinn, there in Myrtle Beach, said, I was horrified inside because I didn't know what we were going to see. A camera at the intersection captured all. You could see police officers jumping quickly into action to help free the motorist. He really believed it was going to be a fatality, said Lieutenant uh, Quinn. This was a situation where the right people were all around at the right time, all coming together to help save the life of someone that they didn't know. And Lieutenant Quinn said that was the most gratifying part for me. We wouldn't probably have all been able to lift it if it wasn't for everyone coming together to help to do it. And everyone came. It didn't matter if you were a cop or someone passing by, or another biker down there. So many people jumped in at the same time, knew what to do, and we all did it together. That's an amazing story. Well, the driver of the vehicle was arrested. He was charged with having an open container of alcohol and following too closely. Thankfully, the rider and the passenger of the motorcycle were treated at a local hospital and, amazingly, are expected to be okay. And what a great, great story 
about the powerful efforts of our men and women in blue and the community also helping them in their efforts. we got to see more of those great stories because it is so important. Well, we are talking about gun control in America because the president just addressed the nation just a few hours ago. And all he kept talking about was banning assault weapons, high-capacity magazines. And he said, if I can't get the ban, I want to at least lift the age from 18 to 21. He didn't say anything about adding extra security guards. And to me, that is a huge hole. Didn't talk about beefing up even, you know, extra automated services that would lock doors, uh, structural differences within schools, anything. None of that. It was all guns, guns, guns. But if you listen to Mondaire Jones, Democrat in New York in a big crime-ridden district, well, he's pointing the finger at Republicans. Listen to this completely false statement. To the parents who mourn and the children who fear, all you have to offer are more guns. And apparently the ridiculous idea of fewer school doors. Fewer school doors. All right, let me first explain it. They think that there should be fewer entrances to schools. In other words, what? You're going to take away guns from what? Law-abiding citizens and make sure that there are more doors open that somebody could walk through? As we know in the Texas case, the guy walked through a back door that didn't lock appropriately. First, they said it was uh, propped open, that it wasn't propped open. It turned out it just didn't lock appropriately. It was an automated lock uh, done correctly. But what, are you going to have more open doors? That's a really smart solution. But that is exactly what he is saying, which is so stupid. And then listen to what President Biden said just a little bit ago, where he basically said, you know what, if you don't go our way, You're going to be paying a dear price at the election booth. But he says, oh, it's not about politics. But listen to this. I know how hard it is, but I'll never give up. And if Congress fails, I believe this time a majority of the American people won't give up either. I believe the majority of you will act to turn your outrage into making this issue central to your vote. Enough, enough, enough. To me, guess what? Where he is. That sounds like a guy. I wish, by the way, he had one-tenth of that energy also on border. If he would give me one one-hundredth of that passion about protecting uh, schools, as he claims, by just focusing on guns, if he put any of that energy toward the border, that would be refreshing. Or some of these other issues that we've been talking about. What about repeat offenders? I've never heard him passionate about repeat offenders. But he's passionate about getting rid of guns but doesn't say a thing about school security. To me, that is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Richard on line five. Richard, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I agree with all your suggestions about each city and state having neighborhood volunteers to help police schools. It could be done at zero incremental cost as well. I believe that the nuclear family should be looked at for any gun application between the ages of 18 and 21 to look at a familial history of responsible gun ownership as an extra level of security, as well as the fact if the nuclear family is broken. Because I believe in most of these very sad cases, the nuclear family is broken and there is a lack of oversight on what the 16 to 21 year olds are doing. So if you combine that with that neighborhood volunteer strategy to help school security and police the buildings, 
I think we'd be in much better shape. Yeah, I agree. I actually think you hit some great points because I do think, just as you said, I mean, sadly, if you look at the profile of a lot of these shooters of late, uh, they are coming from broken homes um, where there's problems in the homes. Uh, in this, in the case in Texas, um, I guess one of the parents had a drug history. He was living with the grandparents. Um, he clearly had some mental issues. He was cutting himself. He was with like dead cats. I mean, there were all these creepy things there. And then in the sh- you know in the Buffalo case, um, this guy actually was talking about like shooting up a school or shooting up uh, other locations and had you know a lot of issues too and was even evaluated. I, I mean, so. And then he came from a bit of a broken home, too. So there's a lot of these. I agree with you. I think we're losing a bit of the moral compass in America and the family structure in America. And we also need to have people feel emboldened that if there is something that's obvious, which it seems like there was in both of these cases, especially in the Buffalo case, that you got to say something. You can't sit and sit back and not say anything. Um, We have to somehow look into this mental health system And you rarely hear the Democrats really focusing on that. Um, And also red flags. You know, some people don't like the idea of the red flags as they feel it's invasive. Um, But I think if it can be proven, you know, you don't want people making claims, false claims against other people. But if it can be proven that someone genuinely does have a history, and especially if it comes from a teacher or if it comes from a family member or something, it should at least be investigated. You know, I mean, because... It's outrageous that a lot of these people have slipped through the cracks. And you're right. There's this profile that needs to be fit. And also we have to look at what's going on in schools, too. Um, there's so many levels in terms of school security. I, I agree with it. It has to be comprehensive. And that's why I hate when I see any side sort of talking uh, like a one-trick pony, because there isn't one-trick fix, I don't think, to any of this. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to Kurt, uh, line one. Kurt, your thoughts about this. What do you think? All right. Hi. Hi, Rita. Hi, Kurt. The last time I, yes, the last time I talked to you was about two years ago. Actually, we, were, we had a, a very major rainstorm when I was talking to you through a blackout. Oh, my but goodness. I'm By not... the way, Kurt, I remember when there was that major storm, and I, I recognize yeah, your okay, fabulous okay. voice. Yeah, all right. Okay. But here's what I want to say, Rita. All right. Look, I think too much is being made out of this mental health issue. What makes a person more sane than 18 or 21? That's a great point. You're saying in terms of the age, like if somebody's nuts, they're nuts. I mean, look, look at the guy uh, yesterday and sadly in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that killed, you know, he was upset at his doctor for a back surgery. You know, and he was, uh, I don't know the age, but I know he was like in the 30s or 40s, you know. But, you know, you know, you know so I just don't see where the age, to, since when did this become a, 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 a reference point? Well, the only reason it's become a reference point is because of late, there have been sadly a number of these school shootings where there are folks who are, you know, uh, 18 you know, sometimes yes. younger getting it illegally. In the cases of late, they both got them legally, which is stunning. Um, but yes. but that, but that, a lot that, of them are teenagers, is. you know. And, and, and there is something, you know, I do agree with you, a loony's a loony. Um, but I also, if that's where you're going. But, 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 but Rita, I don't, I, we, you and I, we don't know that these guys are loonies. Something happened to them. 
Oh yeah. By the way, I I disagree, Kurt. Those those guys are loonies. I mean, uh, okay. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, there's some sometimes you can't tell. But I'll give you a case of like Adam Lanza. That's the Newtown shooting. All right. Yes, sir. All right. I remember that. Remember very that well. the kid had the kid yes. had been evaluated over and over again about violent tendencies. Had been given all this different medication. Had been reviewed by mental psychologists, and I'm talking like for years upon years upon years. Um, so clearly, he was mentally had a lot of mental issues. That's a, that's a hard so he, thing. He, so, so you're saying that he did slip through the cracks. Well, I'm saying, yeah, oh, he definitely slipped through the cracks, but I also blame his mother there. And that's sad because his mother was shot by him. But his mother took him to the gun range to bond with. You don't bond with a loony kazuni, Kurt. Do you bond with, do you take your loony kazuni son to the gun range to bond with him and have guns in the house that he could get him? Rita, did his mother die? Sadly, yes. Sadly, yes. Sadly. Oh, my God. Yes, he killed his mother first, and then he went to the school. And that's why I feel feel horrible for what happened to her. I obviously absolutely feel horrible what happened to the school. But here is a mother who she maybe, you know, everybody tries their best or whatever. But, you know, to me, it's outrageous that you take your kid to a gun range when you know he has mental issues and you have guns in the house. And she told friends she was doing it to bond with her son because she thought it was a great, her son liked guns. He was fascinated with violence and she thought it would be a good bonding experience. That's not the way you bond. When you have somebody who has trouble, you don't have guns in the house that he obviously got access to. They were hers. Um, And you don't take a son to a range and encourage him how to shoot and spend time with weapons when this is clearly a kid who had many issues. So sometimes I hear you, Kurt, it's not so obvious, but sometimes it's like a blaring neon sign. And in those cases, especially, um, it's outrageous. Somebody needs to say something, a teacher or a parent or something and say, you know, boy, there shouldn't be guns in that house. I mean, that's outrageous. To me, that is outrageous. And by the way, Kurt, thank you very much for the call. One of the things that uh, President Biden did speak about tonight was safe storage. And I thought it was an interesting point. And it goes to kind of the point that we're talking about at Sandy Hook here. Because in the safe storage case, he's basically saying, if you get a gun and you do not store it safely, i.e. Sandy Hook is a perfect example, and somebody gets access to your gun and commits a crime, you could be held responsible. What do you guys think of that? That's an interesting point. I actually agree with that. I actually do. I think it's a good thing. I, I mean, if somebody steals your gun or, or something, you know, and or breaks into your house and, you know, maybe there's some extenuating circumstances. But if you're a parent and you have your gun laying around or you give your gun to a kid, somebody who shouldn't have it, whether they're not of age or they're loony or whatever the case is, uh, and they're not able to have it for many, many reasons, it's not their gun. I mean, there are so many reasons, and I actually think it's an interesting point. Remember the case in Michigan that we covered a couple months ago where the parents are being charged for basically that? I mean, that case was an egregious case where the parents, remember there, basically said, remember the kid got called in after making threats to the school, had the gun in the backpack for the meeting with the teachers, and apparently the parents knew and didn't say anything. And then there's text messages saying, you know, just don't say anything. Like they were basically part of the cover-up according to a lot of reports. And that's why they threw the book at him, which, by the way, I think that's a good thing. 
So that part I do agree with. The other part that Biden talked about was going after the gun manufacturers. That, to me, is so overreaching and so outrageous. He basically said that if somebody buys a gun and that gun's used in a crime, the gun manufacturer is responsible. And, in fact, there's a case now in New York, one of the women who was a victim of the mass subway shooting that happened not that long ago, she's now suing Glock, the maker of the gun that the guy used. Uh, To me, I don't think that's appropriate. So I want to hear from you guys. What do you think of the safe storage going after somebody who recklessly makes the gun accessible to somebody, whether it's a family member or somebody else? Or what do you think about Biden's idea of going after the gun manufacturer, which to me I think is so over the top. It's like going after a car maker. Like if somebody gets in a car accident and does something and it's not because there was a fault of the car, but because they drove poorly or were drinking or something, you're going to so sue Toyota or Ford. That to me I think is so over the top. But Biden clearly is trying to get that through. Let's go to Jimmy on line six. Go ahead, Jimmy. Your thoughts. Yeah, the idea to go after people who uh, somebody took the gun from certain people. Meanwhile, the person who lost the gun will be in more trouble than the shooter because you see they let the shooters out. This everything is but backwards. I don't know how else to say it. You know, Jimmy, by the way, Jimmy, you just brought up a great point. Because you're right. How sad is that? In Biden's world, you're right. The person who supplied the gun or the maker of the gun would be in probably bigger trouble than the shooter, given the history we've seen of late. You're right. How sad is that? Here's another thing. Republicans would support the death penalty for mass shooters, right? You shoot mass shoot innocent people, you get the death penalty. The Republicans should call that not the death penalty. They should be calling for aborting mass killers. This will put the Democrats in a really strange way because the Democrats are fanatically for abortion against innocent children, but they would not support abortion to abort the killer who kills children. This is this is the Republicans have to fight. This is not the Democrat Party of the old days. This is a revolutionary party. They changed the definition of boys and girls. They changed the definition of marriage. They changed the definition of what normal is. The new normal they're imposing on us is part of the destructive. We don't need to be bombed by the enemy. The enemy within is destroying us at every level, every level. You know, the old days, you watch the movie, you watch the documentaries. The enemy bombs the, your oil depots to cut out your energy. We cut out our own energy. The enemy would bomb your factories. We send our factories to the enemy. The enemy would kill us with bombs and bullets. Instead, now the enemy kills us with heroin, fentanyl, and the virus. This is war without it being an actual, uh, actual declared war by our enemy. The enemy within, working with the enemy without, we got totally outsmarted and outplayed. You know, Jimmy, this is scary stuff, too. Like you just said that um, it's like they're working against so many of the different American values. Um, and in fact, um, Jimmy, you know, you we brought up the point about um, going after basically the gun makers or those holding the gun or who bought the gun versus the killer. Um, here is I want to play that this is uh, President Biden making the comment about saying that gun makers shouldn't have immunity, that they should be held responsible if somebody does something with one of the guns they buy from them, which to me, again, this is outrageous. I make the analogy of a car. You, you know, you drive drunk in a car, you're going to go after Ford. 
Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous, but this is what the president wants to do. We should repeal the liability shield that often protects gun manufacturers from being sued for the death and destruction caused by their weapons. They're the only industry in this country that has that kind of immunity. Imagine, imagine if the tobacco industry had been immune from being sued, where we'd be today. The gun industry special protections are outrageous. It must end. That, to me, is so over the top, and that's what this is about. He wants to wipe out the gun industry, which, first off, is outrageous and it's unrealistic. 1-800-848-9222, and I'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And there is one point that President Biden made tonight that I do agree with, where he talked about safe storage of weapons. In other words, responsible gun owners have a duty to make sure that their guns are locked up so somebody should not get their hands on them. Because we've heard of cases of kids getting it, obviously teenagers getting access to guns, sometimes parents giving them the gun. Take a listen to the president talking about that and saying those who are reckless with their guns should be held responsible. If you own a weapon, you have a responsibility to secure it. Every responsible gun owner agrees to make sure no one else can have access to it, to lock it up, to have trigger locks. And if you don't and something bad happens, you should be held responsible. And I think if it's reckless and things like that, I absolutely agree. I don't agree with going after the gun makers. That's like, again, going after a car maker because you were drinking and driving and got in a car accident. That the car is at fault, not the person or both together. I mean, that is crazy. What about finally going after repeat offenders? What about after all that? It's like it's always the object, not the individual. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike on line two. Mike, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead. I read it. Yeah. I mean, it was Biden and and Obama that gave the the drug dealers guns to go and and commit murder so they could wipe out the Second Amendment. But besides that, Rita. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Are you talking about uh, Fast and Furious? Is that what you're talking about? The whole thing with Eric Holder where they gave the guns. And you're right. They ended up ending up in the bad guy's hands. Uh, That's an interesting point based on what we're hearing now from Biden. He and Obama would be held responsible for crimes attached to those guns. That's a great point, actually, Mike. They're immune, but the, the, the most important point I want to make is we got to start with the, they've been the Democrats been working on the children's minds for many forty or fifty years now. We got to undo that. We got to uh, Congress put made a mandate that every school, public school, have a Bible, and that over a hundred years, maybe two hundred years, every single public school had a King James Bible. The Democrats pulled out the, the King James Bible and gave these uh, uh, the the blackberries, the raspberry uh, uh, phones to the kids so they can learn how to kill people and all of this. You know, we got to put the Bibles back in school. They got to do that. They got 
that they wanted to stop the school shootings, they got to put the Bibles back into the schools. They're the ones that pull them out, okay? And we got to start from the bottom again. We got to, because these kids have no conscience. We got to, only God could deal with the conscience. It's not a mental problem. It's a soul problem. You know what's interesting, Mike, that you bring up? I agree with you that we have to get back to values and family and appreciating each other. And they got to start with that, as opposed to taking guns away from law-abiding citizens. We're going to continue talking about this, everybody, after the break. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And later on in the hour, we're going to talk about a stunning admission that came from Uvalde, Texas today, as if there haven't been enough mess-ups already there on the ground. Uh, Now a huge communication breakdown and a stunning admission from a Texas senator there. And we're going to be taking your calls later on in the hour about now a lot of the finger-pointing that's happening on the ground after that devastating and horrible mass shooting at the Robb Elementary School. And, of course, as a result of that shooting, there has now been so much discussion about gun control. We heard from the president just a little bit ago, and he's not wanting to harden schools. He's not wanting to talk about officers or former veterans or anybody or beefing up school security. I think that's a huge mistake. Um, Even in New York, they're talking about maybe adding some metal detectors and doing certain things since there's been a rash of shootings on subways. It's logical. It's like, okay, how can we figure out a way that it doesn't delay people necessarily getting into the school, but still being able to keep them safe and secure. If you're a parent out there, and we've heard from a number of you tonight, which I love always hearing from, you basically said it gives you comfort when you see a security guard outside the school. But today it was all about politics on Capitol Hill, and especially from the Democrats. I mean, this is outrageous. Listen to Congressman Eric Swalwell, a Democrat, and the finger-pointing that he started with right away, slamming Republicans, saying that they don't even want to talk about gun control, which isn't true. My Republican colleagues are here for carnival games. They say it's about mental health. Okay, we try and fund mental health, they vote against it. They say it's about schools. We try and fund the schools, fund the teachers. They vote against it. They say it's about policing. $300 million in the American Rescue Plan for community policing. They all voted against it. Because there were other things in the package. I mean, it is such a smokescreen. And Louis Gohmert, the congressman of Louisiana, the very, very fiery one, had this to say. People on the other side of the aisle come in 
and accuse Republicans of being complicit in murder and that we put our right to kill over others' right to live to infer by rhetorical supposed questions, who are you here for? We must be here for the gunman is an outrage. How dare you? And then Louis Gohmert went further. Take a listen. Here's a little more of him. How dare you? How dare you? You arrogant people attributing murder to those of us that want to do things to stop it. Because we've seen what your ideas do. They create more murder. Wow. Boy, did it get heated there. And then President Biden, one of the most passionate that I've ever seen him. I've seen him passionate maybe a few times when he was going after police. Remember, basically calling them racist. Um, He was very passionate about that. And he gets very passionate when it comes to gun control. And this is him talking about his visit recently to Uvalde, which, by the way, I think was a good thing. I think the president should go down to go to Uvalde. He should also go to the inner city of Chicago. And he should also go to the border, too. But here's his comments after his visit to Uvalde. We spent hours with hundreds of family members who were broken. Those lives will never be the same. They had one message for all of us. Do something. Just do something. For God's sake, do something. And then he went for gun control. Take a listen. This is not about taking away anyone's guns. It's about vilif- not about vilifying gun, o- gun owners. In fact, we believe we should be treating responsible gun owners as an example of how every gun owner should behave. I respect the culture and the tradition and the concerns of lawful gun owners. At the same time, the Second Amendment, like all other rights, is not absolute is not absolute. What do you make of the president of the United States saying that the Second Amendment, which is in the Constitution, is not absolute? Um, by the way, I always leave love reading your tweets on the show, too, as well. You can always send me tweets at Rita Cosby. And uh, Sal uh, sent a tweet saying, President Biden says the Second Amendment is not absolute. What does he think shall not be infringed means? Maybe he thinks that the Bill of Rights is written in pencil. Good line, Sal. You're right. It's like uh, it's not absolute because he doesn't want it to be absolute. That's an outrageous comment. 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, guess who wouldn't have had a gun based on what the president's saying? And maybe this would have been a good thing is Hunter Biden, his son. Because remember, his son lied on the forms. He's being investigated by the FBI Uh, even though it doesn't seem to be going anywhere because he's a president's son, um, because he had to fill in the forms that he wasn't having any drug issues at the time when he was applying for the gun. Turns out he clearly was having drug issues by his own admission. And yet he lied on the form, and then they figured out the gun. Remember, then he tried to get rid of the gun and the garbage can, that whole dumpster thing. I mean, there's so many questions But he would have been the first person to not have a gun based on some of the criteria that the president's saying. Yet he never brings up Hunter Biden. 
I wonder why. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Kevin on line two. Kevin, your thoughts about all this. Yes, thank you, Rita. It's a pleasure to speak with you and uh, your American audience. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, as far as school security goes, there's some simple things that can be done. You can have wedges for doors to prevent them from being opened easily. You can make safe areas in each classroom. It might be a little crowded, but the children will be safe. Teachers should have panic buttons that could activate cameras in the classrooms, which would allow authorities to see what's going on. Uh, you know, entrance, these are great ideas. These are great ideas. Keep going, Kev. These are great. The entrance to schools should only be one door in except for students. Once students are in the classrooms, the doors should be locked uh, as they were when I went to school in a Catholic school. You had to ring the bell. You had to identify yourself. Someone would come to the door. If you were okay, they would let you in. You know what? I love, by the way, Kevin, I want to get your reaction. I want to play Cut 23 again. This is Mondaire Jones because you are hitting on exactly what many Republicans have said is a solution, is to limit the entranceways um, so those can be easily secured as opposed to, you know, a whole bunch of them, which in this school, as we know, it was the back door that the guy got through and it didn't automatically lock. It was supposed to, apparently, and there was some malfunction. We haven't figured out the bottom of that one either. Um, But listen to what this is, what a Democrat had to say. He was mocking Republicans for basically what you're saying. Listen. To the parents who mourn and the children who fear, all you have to offer are more guns. And apparently the ridiculous idea of fewer school doors. I mean, isn't that incredible? Like, that fewer school doors is a ridiculous idea idea. I mean, they don't want to do anything to harden schools. They just want to take away guns from basically legal gun owners because illegal people never, they're not going to be handing the guns in. Uh, It's such a, it is such a, uh, to me, it is in la-la land. It is so inconceivable that there's something wrong with limiting entrance and closing, just like you're suggesting, Kevin. I think it's a great idea. Yes. Well, they, uh, You do have to have other doors in case of emergencies, a fire. You know, you can't have everybody trying to get out one door. Right, but but, but uh, locking those doors, that's a smart way from at least coming in, and especially, obviously, you want them to have many if there's a fire, certainly, uh, that work. Right. But but limiting access is a smart idea to the point that you're making. Yes, I mean— Of course, we didn't have all these gun problems when I was growing up, but still, there were sick people out there anyway. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Kevin. I agree. Thank you very much for the call, Kev. Thanks so much. Let's go to Wilfred, uh, line five. Go ahead, Wilfred. Your thoughts about this? Oh, yeah. What that guy was saying, I thought they only had one door you came into schools, like when they were letting them in. Not not and in a lot of schools. A, not in a lot of schools. Yeah. And in fact, this guy came through the back door and it was open. Right. I mean, when I went to school, you had to push that thing down to open the door. And on the other side, there was nothing for you to grab. Yeah, you know, no. You go out. But you, I agree. By the way, I'm happy to say, Wilfred, when I went to school, we didn't worry about these things. I mean, I don't remember 
you know, I do remember there was a school security guard, but it wasn't really like a, I don't even think he was a school security guard. I think it was more like making sure we could walk across the street okay, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I'm happy to say we didn't have to worry about that. But you're right. There's a lot of points. Uh, Wilfred, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Phil on line six. Phil, your thoughts about this? Yeah. Hi. Uh, the issue here is very straightforward. You can't have you can't have less doors in the school. It's a fire department law. It's the fire code. You must have a, a number of exits, multiple exits, where people can leave in case of a fire or other emergency. The, the issue here, I think everybody is failing. Uh, maybe I've got more experience with this, but, but a lot of people are failing to recognize the real issue here. The issue, and I'm going to pound this into it until I until my fists bleed, so to speak, figuratively, is that the gun dealers who sell these guns to people must be granted a certain authority, a responsibility of 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 knowing that the person that they're going to sell a gun to, whether it's a pistol, a rifle, an AR, or what have you, even even a huge Bowie knife or a machete, they've got to know that this person is beyond reproach. They've got to be trained. Every gun dealer must be trained and held accountable for the people they sell the guns to. That's but, one but uh, let me ask you, though, Phil, before you move forward— but they also have to have the best information available. Like, I'll give the example of Buffalo. Because in the Buffalo case, the guy had mental issues, was making threats about doing mass shootings, had a number of issues in his background, and even uh, state authorities in New York met with him. I-, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Met with him, spent time with him. He was getting mental evaluation for like 36 hours it was in June of last year, and now here at Fast Forward, he turns 18, he gets the gun, um, and nothing is red flagged in his background. So how is the gun seller there to know? I agree with you, by the way, that a gun seller should have the authority to really be able to do great investigation on them, but they also have to put better information in the system. I mean, to me, that's outrageous that you speak to somebody. Yes, he was not arrested. And there are these, you know, the red flag laws are fairly um, difficult if you're not arrested or you're not that. But I'm sorry. I'm hardcore like you, I think, when it comes to this, because I really believe in protecting society and kids. If somebody is making the kind of threats that it takes you a day and a half to evaluate at a mental institution, even if you don't arrest the guy, there needs to be some sort of like stamp next to his name saying this one's got a big old question mark. You know, this one's, uh, you know, yeah, we didn't arrest him. but And that's basically what they said. Anything short of arrest can't go in the system. That, to me, needs to change, Phil. Go ahead. Your thoughts. Okay. My, my thought also. But, uh, actually, but, Phil, don't you think? What do you think about that? I'm just curious. Your thoughts about that. I mean, do you think that that's a normal thing just because he wasn't arrested, that there's no marking in there? No, that's it's not right, number one. And number two a lot of these guys and a lot of these people that do this type of this mentally ill crazy killing of people they should they they sh- they shoot their stuff up to the the media they put it on facebook they put it on twitter they put it on instagram or what have you these people should be held to the highest account to immediately report someone who talks about killing people or shooting up a place they must report it 
to the police immediately without delay. And, and the police must be compelled to perform a, an investigation forthwith. And that is to say at once and get the guy, talk to him, find out what his problem is, ask him why he's, he's threatening to do this. And if they can't get a straight answer and, and, and put the guy up on charges, well, put him in a mental institution for, for 30 days and see what happens. And I guarantee you the truth will come out. I hate to say it to violate someone's rights to lock them up in an institution for 30 days. I would want it. You would want it. But but you're dealing with a person who threatens to, to shoot up a school. You had a 10-year-old kid that got arrested for saying he wanted to shoot up a school. It was in the media. And, and it's, it's unacceptable. You've got to really crack the nut on these people. You cannot take a chance. Look what happened. I agree. Phil, absolutely. Thank you very much. I agree. And by the way, um, there was a guy uh, who was arrested, another teenager, um, just today in Long Island. It's the third one in the New York City area, basically, guys, um, of essentially making threats, of talking about going after a school. And the kid said, that he was uh, coming from a broken home, he was upset, and this was really the only way he could see him taking out his problems. And thank goodness, police stopped it and uh, arrested him. And just like Phil said, there was that 10-year-old kid uh, down south. I'm glad that that sheriff walked that kid and did a perp walk with the kid. Because you know what? Hopefully it'll send a message to other kids as well as that kid not to think about that again. Because you can, and that kid, it looked like maybe he was playing around the one down there um, in the south. Um, and guess what? You can't play around with it. There's nothing funny about now in this climate saying something and bringing up the Texas school and saying you want to do something like that. Throw the book at kids like that because they need to understand this is not a joke. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about President Biden, who just addressed the nation just a few hours ago. But he's now on the beach in Delaware after he said he's on top of this, even though Congress now is left to figure out what to do about gun control, what to do about protecting kids in schools. And I contend there are so many layers to all of this. And by the way, you know what's interesting? President Biden and the Democrats have made themselves exempt from any sort of gun control. And what that means is any of their bodyguards that they have, and you know they have a lot of security. The president has to have a lot of security, a lot of Secret Service agents. What is he going to do? Tell them not to use guns? But the law-abiding citizen must give up their guns? But yet the Democrats are going to keep whatever you know, security that's assigned to them. You know, you see so many of these different Democrats who have been blasting left and right, and they're not giving up their bodyguards. Sheila Jackson Lee, Cori Bush, remember, said she needs armed guards around her because there's threats to her, but says that everybody else should basically give up their guns. I mean, this is crazy. The hypocrisy is unbelievable. If they're willing to live in the world that they've created, 
then maybe some of these other members should live without armed bodyguards. If they think that the average citizen, especially if they're living near the border or somewhere like that, doesn't deserve any guns to protect their families, well, then maybe they should live that way and see if they like the same standards for themselves. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line eight. Norm, your thoughts about all this, my friend. Yeah, Hi, Rita. Yeah, when I hear President Biden talking about firearms responsibility, I thought when he I remembered when he was vice president and he was talking about if a criminal were to come to your house to take a shotgun and go outside and fire it up in the air. I mean, where you can get the sound bite on that. And uh, that ain't. I think he said shoot him up and shoot him in the leg. I remember that. Like, you know, that's not. Yeah. Shooting shotguns in. First of all, shotguns have a serious amount of penetration. Shooting them in, you know, in your in your town is not, you know, I, I mean, listen, if somebody comes to your door, obviously it's breaking down your door. You, I don't see anything wrong with that. But, uh, no, I seem to recall him saying something like firing a shotgun because he was contrasting that from assault assault-type weapons. No, 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 I know exactly. Assault. Norm, I know exactly what you're saying, and you're right. Yeah, it's like, how is that responsible? And and how about, how did you like my thought about if they believe that we should live in a gun-free world, which is sort of what slipped out a couple times this week from right. Mondaire Jones and the president when he said 9 millimeter. remember, then they had to clarify it. No, he doesn't mean handguns. Right. You know, then why not not have security around them? I mean, you know, how is it, how is it, Okay for law-abiding citizens, but not for members of Congress. Will Norm, you hold me over. Well, yeah, I'll yeah. hold you over, Norm, because I know you All know right. me. I yeah. got one more thing to say to you. All right, you stay with us, Norm, because we love you. We're going to have much more with Norm and more of your calls, everybody, after the break, and also our support, our hero segment. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the show where we honor our great military and also their families, a beautiful story coming from West Point, New York, the Great Military Academy, where a Colorado veteran was one of only six people honored by the West Point Association of Graduates recently with the Distinguished Graduation Award. The award is given to select few each year to those whose character, distinguished service, and stature draws wholesome comparison to the qualities that West Point strives for in keeping with its motto, duty, honor, country. One of them was Colonel Lee Van Ardsdale. He's a 1974 graduate of West Point, and he just recently received the award. Now, he had a long tenure with the 1st Special Forces Operational Detachment Delta, better known as Delta Force. Uh, He was also assigned to the 101st Airborne. He volunteered then for the forces and was subsequently assigned to the 10th Special Forces Group as a commander of an A-team. So that's a a high-level guy um, and probably was in the middle of a lot of big action. Um, He started the arduous process of training for assignment to Delta, remaining with the unit until 1996. Now, while in Delta, he played a key role in Operation Just Cause. That was Panama. 
including personally holding ousted dictator Manuel Noriega while he was cuffed. Ardsdale was also part of the Battle of Mogadishu in Somalia in 1993, most commonly known as Black Hawk Down for Mark Bowden's very famous book and, of course, the 2001 film. Um, Really beautiful to see him being honored. And thank you, sir, and your family for your incredible, incredible service to this country. Well, we are talking about guns and what to do, especially in light of that horrible school shooting. But also there is so much crime across the country, including all over major cities in the United States. I mean, there's some amazing video that's been coming out in the last few days uh, of a 16-year-old who was stabbed by a stranger in broad daylight in New York. Uh, And the stranger just kind of walks away. You see the footage. It's like, oh, my gosh, scary stuff. Of course, we were talking about the shooting that took place on the subway. And there's more and more of these cases. Also, the case of that crazy guy the other day that was pulling a woman's hair on the subway in New York. These are happening in major cities across the country. And now Mayor Eric Adams has appointed a few hours ago, quote, a gun czar. It's a community activist. Um, who won't say what kind of timetable they're looking at, but they're trying to get to the root cause of why young people in particular pick up guns. Here is the mayor describing that a little bit. But what we don't want to do is minimize the complete picture that must be addressed. By the time a person picks up a gun, we've already failed. We've already failed. And then he said we must address gun violence big time because it's affecting especially the inner city. And we've normalized it. We say it's okay. And I think we often dismiss it because the victim of handguns violence for the most part are black and brown and in the inner cities all across America. So we've normalized it and stated that that is just the way it has to be. And we're saying today, you're damn right, it's not going to be that way. We can turn it around and make it happen. Hey, let's see if he does. I like hearing that. I'm glad at least that he's at least talking about inner cities. I mean, it's something we didn't hear from the president tonight. The president was like, we're going to be basically infringing on your Second Amendment. Second Amendment's not absolute. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Didn't say anything about hardening schools. Didn't say anything about inner city crime, which is the biggest amount predominantly if you look at where crime is in the country. By the way, some of the toughest gun laws in the country, New York State, huge gun crime still. One of the toughest gun laws in the country, Chicago, huge gun problems there. I mean, if you look at it, there's consistency, but yet they don't really want to talk about it. At least Lori Lightfoot doesn't. I mean, it's outrageous. And the president tonight didn't talk about drugs or gangs, didn't talk about any of those things, didn't talk about repeat offenders, didn't talk about any of those things. It was just how to get the guns basically away from law-abiding citizens, saying those who have high-powered magazines shouldn't have them. Well, it turns out there's tens of millions of Americans that have high-powered magazines even in their handguns. And it doesn't look like the president knows this, or at least he doesn't care. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And let's go back to Norm. Go ahead, Norm. Go ahead and finish your thought, my friend. Yeah, 
And that Gunzar is uh, a lefty uh, defund the police advocate. So there you go. Um, yeah, I by the way, it, it was I interesting. Heard. You're right. It's a, quote, community activist. And when I saw that right. and I saw some of the others on the board, that's why I said, let's see what they do, because it could be all talk, yada, 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 right? Right. And anyway, I'm, look, I'm just bringing up that there are countries out there. I lived in Israel for nine months as a kid, and I, I can just tell you that – uh, this stuff, this mass shooting stuff, this just doesn't go on in Israel. And, like, everybody has guns. Like, my family has, like, humongous. I mean, you know, my cousin has an Uzi and all this stuff. And uh, anyway, but basically this stuff doesn't happen because if you go to, a like, a movie theater or a school, you have, like, a commando at the door, okay? And he, like, looks through your bag and there or, or she and these people are like not like they didn't work like our security guards they didn't work in cinnabon yesterday and today they're a security guard they're all like combat veterans and these people will they look into your soul i mean i'm serious they know if you're up to no damn good and they prevent you from going into movie theaters schools any of that kind of stuff so i don't know you know i and then you know and there's, so there's a similar thing i know in switzerland I mean, they, they always cite, like, if you read NRI magazine, Switzerland requires apparently adult males to keep in their homes because everybody's part of, like, a national militia. And they require you to keep an SIG 550, which is a selective fire machine gun, and a 1,500-round battle pack in your house. Um, and yet, you know, you don't really ever hear about, like, massive amounts of gun crime going on in Switzerland. And then, you know, my final thought is – how come these mass shootings seems to seem to slow down under President Trump? And now all of a sudden they're just occurring and occurring and occurring. Now, I don't want to be a uh, tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. I could give you some of my theories. Well, where, but, where are uh, you going with that one, Norm? I'm just curious because I, I, well, one thing I will <laughs> say before before you answer <laughs> that on Israel, you're right. It's like I remember when I took an El Al flight, you know, that's the Israeli Airlines um, it was like, you know, this that was massive security to get on because they're so worried about somebody getting the wrong person on the plane. Their security is unbelievable. On the other hand, in a lot of places in Israel, you feel like you're in a fortress. And so it's so it's it's a hard call. But you're right. They they really, you know, understand security because they've had so many threats there, of you know, of course, of what's been going on just, you know, historically for so many years. And um, and then I think about another country's where crime is just not tolerated also, where, where it isn't in Israel, obviously, um, and a lot of countries. There's some that are over the top, obviously, needless to say. Like, if you commit a crime in some of these Middle Eastern countries, you know, you may never see the light of day. I mean, if you, like, stole something, you know, I mean, there are these crimes where they cut off your hand. You know, that's what they do in Saudi. You know, if you if you rob somebody... Um, or you cheat on your, you know, you cheat on your husband, you get stoned. I mean, there's like, you know, they, you know, some of this is like, you know, living again in the, uh, you know, I don't advocate for any of that, guys. Um, but what the message is, there is a message in the sense that, um, you know, people don't repeat offend. Guess what? In some places like that where they're so scared of what will happen um, to them. And I think that that's one thing that we, again, we're still missing that mark. And, and I was upset. I was hoping today, tonight, I kind of, I'm, I'm always an optimist, and I always want a, the best for the country. And it doesn't matter if the person's a Democrat, Republican, Independent. I just want what's best for the country. And I really was waiting tonight to sort of see, will he go after, hey, we got to address, um, you know, uh, inner city crime. We got to go after drug dealers. We got to do this. We got to do that. I mean, 
the person who's going after guns in this country is not saying a thing about the southern border where we know like terrorists and drug dealers and gun runners and all those people are coming through. I mean, it, it doesn't. How do you match that up, Norm? I mean, it's like it's like he's so he wants to go after gun manufacturers, which to me makes it look so political uh, because he's so upset about guns. Yet he's not willing to put more people on the border and he wants to lift Title 42 to make it easier for illegals to cross. And we know there have been a lot of questionable characters who have already crossed the border that have been on the terror watch list, that have had guns, that have had criminal records in their background. Those are just the ones we know about. I mean, how can you reconcile the two things, Norm? Yeah. Well, Rita, look, I've gone through two years of being very skeptical of of pretty much everything that's gone on in America. I mean, with the COVID and the and and the open border and the stealing of the election and people I know who are sitting in jail now for two years without any, you know, without any due process, uh, who, who went into the Capitol and basically trespassed and, you know, and, uh, you know, people being murdered in the Capitol by, by the Capitol police, you know, police and, you know, no due process on that. And I, I you know, it, it, I have come to a conclusion and I don't, I, it's not a conclusion, but it's a gut feeling. There's something going on with these mass shootings, and 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 that's beyond what the media is telling you, and beyond. And I, I said, look, we did do mind control experiments in the '60s. With you know, we we did we did give LSD to to soldiers fighting in the war. We've done. The government has done incredibly unethical things throughout history. And they tolerate the murder of children who are eight months old, you know. And I think we have some very evil elements within the government. And and I I don't have the answer on this, you know. Like I look, I'll accept the mantle that I'm a nut. Okay, I will accept that. But I, I just I could not I cannot believe what America has become after two years. Yeah, it's and a I, it's I a very I, different place, Norm. I 1000% right. agree. It's a very different place and you wonder why some of these things are like working against law-abiding people and yet people who are breaking the rules somehow, you know, you're not going after them. It it the double standard really is stunning. Um let's go to John on line 4 in South Carolina. Go ahead, John. Good evening, Rita. Just a quick aside, Louis Gohmert's from Texas. Oh, yeah. You know, by the way, I realized that right after I said it. I know Louis, by the way, for years and years. I realized that. Thank you. Uh, and kudos to you about bringing up Hunter. We will not get anywhere till the hypocrisy ends. I would hope that maybe Peter Ducey tomorrow at the news conference will ask the White House when they're going to instruct the Justice Department to arrest Hunter for that violation, which is a felony. Yeah, isn't it interesting, the double standards that he's going after those who sell guns, those who do this. So is he going to go after whoever sold his son the gun, you know, but, uh, uh, to make it as an example? You know, let's see that, right? Yep, and I I believe, too, it, it was Bo Biden's wife who was cohabiting with Hunter at the time that discovered the gun and then put it in a dipsy dumpster, fully loaded pistol. Yeah, there were so many mistakes made. I mean, it was scary, really, really scary. But I just, I, you know, to me, the hypocrisy is 
unbelievable. Unbelievable. John, thank you very, very much. And speaking of which, you know, we've been talking about guns and talking about issues. One of the things that's arisen from the Texas case, and it just came out a few hours ago, it is a bombshell. First off, we've been talking about the fact that the chief on the ground didn't tell anybody to storm, remember? Um, And everybody was trying to figure out, how could that be? What's going on? We know also that one of the doors wasn't locked. First it was propped open, then it wasn't propped open, but it wasn't locked. This is in the Texas school shooting. Then they said that there was a security resource officer that was on the scene. Turned out there wasn't. Uh, He wasn't even in the area. There's been so many inconsistencies. Now, here is the latest one. Um, And to me, this is a bombshell, and it's really sad and just to me so sad for the families. The more and more mistakes that are made that are like policing 101 is really tragic. Today, Texas Senator Gutierrez came out and said that part of the reason that this Chief Arredondo wasn't able to basically know if there were kids alive or dead inside, and he assumed they were dead, which he never should have assumed, that shouldn't take uh, the burden off of him, was that for some reason the 911 calls from the kids who were inside the school begging, saying, please come in, there, there are more victims here, there's this, there's this, please help me, please help me, students and teachers calling, were not relayed to Arredondo, who was the commander on the ground, that almost everybody else knew it, but not the commander? Take a listen to what this Texas senator revealed just a little bit ago. This is Cut 52. According to the Commission on State Emergency Communications, who monitors all 911 agencies throughout this state, The only 911 responders in this community, or the call centers, if you will, they're called public safety answering points. In this instance, it was Uvalde police. They do not, and the state authority does not know who Uvalde police was communicating the 911 calls to. What we do know is that the 911 calls were not being communicated to the so-called incident commander, Officer Arredondo. So is he just trying to give this Arredondo guy a way out? First of all, why would you still not find out what's happening? How could he not be told what's going on? To me, this is just outrageous. Here's a little bit more from the Texas senator saying now that a lot of people were at fault. Listen, I'm not blaming the Uvalde PD. I'm not blaming the ISD cops or the troopers or anybody, or anybody singularly. Let me correct that. There is blame enough here to go around. There is blame enough here to go around. So is he trying to cover his butt for this Arredondo guy who apparently is still not cooperating? And how could it be that the commander on the ground doesn't have the information that there are kids calling from inside 911 saying there are victims in here still alive, please come inside. First of all, you shouldn't have to get that kind of a call to decide to storm. You're still supposed to storm regardless. But how could there be such a huge communication breakdown? Well, listen to Senator Gutierrez, who got extremely emotional talking about it today. Systemically, 
We live in rural Texas, where differing counties and different entities contract with different radio companies, and we don't have them talking to one another on one uniform system. That's an absence of leadership. It starts at the top. It starts with the legislature. Everybody's to blame for what went on, including Greg Abbott in a very big way. On some level, even including me, who didn't yell loud enough. Wow, very emotional. But how is it Greg Abbott's fault that Uvalde District, and this guy's a Democrat, no surprise, how could it be that it's Greg Abbott's fault that they weren't even telling the commander who's on the scene that 911 calls were coming in and kids were alive? Is this believable or is somebody trying to cover their butts? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And more stunning details coming about the poor police response, which is just so heartbreaking at the Texas school shooting. Here's Texas Senator Gutierrez who talked about some of the calls coming in from the kids who were inside saying there are still survivors. Take a listen. My last remaining question on 911 calls is who is receiving the 911 calls from the little boys and girls? Is it just PD or is it these other entities? I was told that it was just PD. I think that that's an important point. Just PD. So the question is, did the police department then transfer the messages? He claims the commander on the ground who was with the school district, the school district police chief, never got the messages. Still doesn't excuse why he said, don't go in and charge. You never assume that people are all dead, even if you didn't know about these 911 calls. But it sounds like there may be somebody covering somebody else's behind here. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Boy, is this not a formula for just the worst kind of response we've ever seen on so many levels. And I want to hear your thoughts about this because we're talking about gun control. But if you don't even have basic communication, how are you going to go handle another school shooting? I mean, this is like communication 101. If he was not aware, if indeed that's true, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Peter on line seven. Peter, your thoughts. Yes, um, there's so many things going on now. I called first about the gun control issue. uh, And I told you, screener, you know, we had guns when we were 14. I'm I'm older, of course. This is years ago. But no one thought of going to school and shooting anyone. There was a certain... Um, you, you didn't have perversion taught in schools either when you were young. It was uh, we had pledge allegiance. We still had a little prayer in school, and um, you were taught some some kind of respect. I agree. By the way, Peter, I one thousand percent agree with you. And times have sadly changed. And I think some of it's social media, uh, broken family. I mean, there's a lot of things here. I think. That need to be looked into. And that's the sad reality. I don't remember when I was growing up either. Um, Thank goodness we lived in happier times. Um, And it breaks my heart for students now. Uh, Let's go to Steve on line three. Steve, your thoughts real quick. Yes. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering why it is that uh, there aren't, never mind just background checks to see whether something did occur in the past, but there should be a psychological profile in all these people that are getting 
at uh, these uh, types of rifles, et cetera, because uh, they are very deadly. They can be very deadly. And uh, it would be nice to think that there was some kind of psychological profile. In Israel, not everyone could be walking around with a gun. Okay, you've got to you've got to you've got to uh, go through testing and uh, be evaluated to make sure that you're able to handle the, uh, the gun uh, physically and psychologically, et cetera. Absolutely. So Missing over here. No, you know? you're right. You're right. We got to do a much better job at screening all that. Steve, thank you. Let's go to Chris real quick on line four. Chris, your thoughts real quick. Yeah, this this whole thing. Uh, Gutierrez is a Democrat, and he's trying to blame the whole thing on Abbott because Abbott is a Republican. Um, and Chris, by the way, you sound like you're muffled there, but I heard what you said that Gutierrez um, is a Democrat, and maybe who knows? Maybe there was some private discussion saying, "Ah, uh, we're looking really bad. Uh, we got to put the blame around." Either way, to me, it's like, what is your system? Why? Why is it like using pigeons? To translate information? I mean, this is sad and it's crazy. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.